I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Govinda Van Mala and Frederick Lau, the actor from the new film Goodland. Uh, and you're going to find out if I pronounce that the right way or not once we get into the uh, interview. This is a surrealist uh, rural noir about a, about a German thief who, who, who flees, who, who runs to a small Luxembourg village uh, only to discover that the locals, the people, the families there have secrets of their own. This is... This is a this is a fascinating film, and you're you're going to really enjoy it. Uh, we 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 talk today, and and you're going to really enjoy the conversation. We talk a lot about uh, evil, and we talk about tension, and about duality, and about how 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 we all live in in what you know for the most part is a pretty paradoxical and fragmented society. We 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 talk about irony and about cynicism and about fairy tales for adults and about how so many of us are stuck in the past and 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 also really looking for a new beginning because Goodland is really about that in a sense. And we talk about evil in a way. How how interesting is this as Govinda says evil doesn't think it's evil and and we talk about this existential need and desire as we all seem to be searching for something. The interview is coming right up. You're going to enjoy it a lot. The film is called Goodland. And don't forget davidpecklive.com for more information about my speaking and my writing. Uh, face-to-face-live.ca for, for interviews this year focusing on the Toronto International Film Festival. Over 30 interviews with directors, filmmakers, producers, and actors. And also rabble.ca. You're going to find uh, a whole lot of other writers and podcasters there talking about issues that matter. Coming right up, Govinda Van Mala and Frederick Lau talking about Goodland. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a couple of very special guests here today at the Toronto International Film Festival. We're here to talk about a film called uh, Gutland, or uh, as the director, I think, is going to tell you, also could be pronounced Gutland. Thank you both for joining me here today, Govinda and Frederick. Uh, Please introduce yourselves uh, as as we dive in. I'm Frederick Lau. I'm the main actor um, of Gutland, and um, yeah, I'm from Berlin. And I'm Govinda Van Mala. I'm from Luxembourg, and I'm the director of the film. 
So first of all, congratulations and welcome to Toronto. Thanks. And I hope you get Thanks. to, I understand you just kind of got off the plane uh, within the last 24 hours. Hope you enjoy the festival and are able to actually dive in in some way. So Goodland is an area, it's a place, mm -hmm. uh, but there's more than that going on, it seems to me, in the film. This is not just about geography. And, and I think for me, Govinda, there's not a whole lot that's good about this place. Can, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, well, Goodland is... Um, it's, it's half of the country in Luxembourg is called Goodland. It's the Goodland area. It's where I live. Um, and um, I like, first of all, I like the sound of it. That's impor important <laughs> when you choose a title. Sure, sure, sure. And, um, and, and after that, it's, uh, it, for me, it defines um, the place where I come from as well. Luxembourg is sort of a, a good land. It's, um, it's, it's called uh, Le Bon Pays in French, uh, this, this area. So it, mean, yeah, it means the good land. It's traditionally or historically, it's where um, in Luxembourg you found the most fertile land. So it's it's uh, where 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 most of the farmers were were living in the beginning, um, and to me it speaks in many ways um, also of what's uh, what the film represents. Um, right. Yeah. Represent so so the duality is that uh, when we were chatting a little bit earlier the, the yeah. that, that is it is it as simple as good and evil it is is it that polarized it doesn't seem to be to me it's a little I mean, more the, complicated. The film is on both sides all the time so yes, it's like yes. who's the good guy who's the bad right, guy so right. you can read it whichever way you want um, what's a happy end what's a nightmarish ending the film has both in the end um, and um, so is it uh, there's a lot of irony going on yeah in the film, for sure and maybe even cynicism I don't know but uh, Goodland yeah maybe it plays a part of that how, how much of it for you um, I noticed the Gruffalo and I want to talk about that in the film uh -huh. the, the, the Sun of Lucy was reading reading it at one point, I think, and and I'd love to hear what, what you have to say about that. But how much of it is that is is a, is actually a fable, or sadly might actually be steeped in some kind of reality? Well, f fable and I don't mean just in Luxembourg, but you yeah. know, um, a fable is is good because I, I I see it a little bit like a like a fairy tale for for, mm. for adults uh, for for many reasons which I could go into now. But um, I mean, I could say for once, for example, that for me this film has a lot to do with childhood. Um, right. Yeah. My personal childhood. If you look at the film, you can see that it's um, it's set today. It's in two. I mean, we shot it in two thousand sixteen, and we are really not hiding the fact that it's shot in two thousand sixteen. Um, we didn't look for um, for for period drama kind of um, setting, but at the same time, it's really a film that it's looking backwards instead of forwards. It's in 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 the production design and in in, in the design in general. Um, you have, for example, if you look at the agri agricultural techniques that the farmers are using, it's a lot of um, things that are that are not really in use anymore you can find them but it's it's more things that come from my childhood but that well that they kind of stopped these things in, in the last 10 years um like for example the way that they're harvesting the the, the the bales the hay bales right they're small hay bales which you will never find well it's hard to find in luxembourg at the moment um we actually found a farmer who's, who's, who's using it still but for me this is um part of the uh the uh, nostalgic element the of charm the of it are they are they yeah. stuck in the past Kevin? um I, I am stuck in the past. You're you know, stuck as a in the past. I'm, I'm, always, <laughs> <laughs> I'm always, I'm always, I'm going through the world uh, backwards. and sure. Feeling very often, and and this film is is um, consciously also uh, also playing with that. Um, stuck in the past, and and Frederick, I have a question for you about yeah. about that duality in a second. But are you stuck in the past? Would you say, Gumenda, from a, a kind of um, <laughs> at the risk of getting too personal, t sort of dealing with the past, like from a therapeutic perspective? Because we're all kind of running to some degree from. Our, our upbringings and our memories and the pain of you know I, yeah. I think you know there's a and I think there's a deep existential uh, edge to your film I really do 
Yeah, I'm. 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 I don't. I'm let. My, I let myself be discover. Uh, I let myself discover what my film is about while I'm making it. Nice. I think, and I'm doing this um, also on on purpose because I I I don't like knowing everything that it's about when I'm starting because I don't want to get into a mode where I'm like looking from above at, at my life or at the story and then just kind of trying to exp uh, bring this to the audience. I'm discovering many things at the. Uh, in the film right now, for example, right, um, right. There's things when I'm when I'm looking at story, I'm just reminded that they actually come from my life, and I didn't notice it while. I was well, how much does the Gruffalo play into yeah, into Goodland? The Gruffalo is really there's, there's a moment where um, Lucy, um, the character in the film, she's reading the book to um, to her son, and um, it's the book itself that you that you can see in the film is the, uh, the Gruffalo, but you don't. I mean, you wouldn't know it if you didn't know that right, book right. because you don't see the cover. Of, you couldn't. I mean, we couldn't put it in there um, with with the, the cover and the title and everything. Sure, you sure. Have to pay rights, and it, it fell in there by accident because we needed a book for that. We needed a prop for that scene, and um, the production designers sort of. I don't know. They. I think they had a couple of books on pro uh, on, uh, on proposal, but none of them were really. I don't know for what reason. We didn't, I didn't like it. I don't remember. But we sent our assistant out to get a to get a new book from my house, and uh, she drove home and uh, went through my my son's uh, books, and she came back with the Gruffalo, and it was perfect. It's it's really absolutely perfect, isn't there? And I haven't looked at it, but isn't there a line something about the dark, dark wood? Yeah, but that was written. That was. Um, there, and that's uh, the and that for me when I saw uh, smiled, uh, you know, delightfully. Because of Frederick's character, this guy, the yeah. stranger, this dark, dark, the guy coming out of the dark wood. I mean, isn't yeah. that the establishing shot essentially? Yes, I mean, it's it starts like um, like a fairy tale in that yes. sense. It's, yes, yes. Uh, it's, uh, it's, it's sorry, Frederick, but it's like a beast coming out of the woods. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's like this creature, the gruffalo, who comes out of the woods, and then he he meets this girl, and she's uh, she's dressed in in like a fairy tale costume. Yes, basically. Yes. I mean, it's very realistic because that's something that. It, it, it's the most realistic part of the whole film in the end because they they have this tradition in Luxembourg to do this sort of old um, Austrian kind of um, village parties. Sure, uh, everyone sure. is dressed in this dirndl, uh, we call it. Um, yes, and, and and Lucy is dressed in that. So when they come together, it's really like the Gruffalo meeting the the beauty, uh, or the beauty and the beast. Yeah. Frederick, so tell me about the duality. Tell me about the good and evil. You you come across in the film to me anyway as the good guy, if I can say that in a, such a simple way. Like, you seem to, you're the criminal, and, yeah. and yet you seem to have ethics. You seem to have morals. You're horrified it's by some of the things that are actually happening in this good land. So for me, it's like, I see like a, a guy coming coming from a, from a bad past. He was in jail and stuff and wants to quit everything and wants to come there to this little village and start a new life, kind of new life. As a farmhand, farmhand, right? yeah, yes, and uh, then um, I think then the the village or also Lucy wants to um, wants to change him um, as a foreign um, for a guy to to a guy who uh, exists before like Josh. Yeah. So for me, it was interesting um, first of all to um, to come. I'm I'm also a Berlin guy, so never saw a farm, a real farm in my life before. Right. So uh, for me, it city was boy. also a little... City boy. What? A city, city boy. boy. City yeah. boy, yeah. definitely. And uh, so for me, it was also a journey. Um, for me, as Frederick, um, like um, like for Jens in the movie. Yeah. How about the good and evil side of it? I mean, there are moments where... Yeah, mo mo moments. I think... Well, I you, think run, me, you run Josh from Josh is it. more evil. Josh is more evil than, than mm. Jens. Mm. So and some, mm. sometimes... 
Josh's coming insight of Jens and, and also Jens is wondering about uh, what has now happened or that's uh, not me or uh, you can really grab it. Um, so um, I think it, you, you really don't know what is evil or what is what is good. Right, so right. that's the interesting well, thing. Well, for me, for you, for me, in your character, when I I, I just went, okay, I, I really like this guy because I think it's really difficult. I mean, I go to the the go to for good and evil is Alan Rickman and Die Hard. I mean, it doesn't you know that that showing that sort of complexity. You you love him, you like him. Yeah, he's a guy that you might even want to hang out with, yeah. but then he'll put a bullet through your head in a heartbeat. And you don't strike me quite as that. And yet there was that scene when they were about to discipline the children in a absolutely horrifying yeah. way. Yeah. And you react. Yeah. And you say, no way. No you guys way. are crossing a line. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to have any of that. That yeah. to me is really fascinating for a guy who's the criminal, you know? Yeah, or at yeah. least what we think is the criminal. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I think it's fascinating. That whole, that whole good and evil. So when, when your first night with Lucy, she says to you uh, a day later... Or maybe two days later, I, I'm I'm really sorry. I could have been a little nicer to you. Yeah, and that was how. And yet, you still fall for her. Why? Because she's also she's something. I think it's a long time ago. Jens uh, had a girl, of course. Maybe some horse. <laughs> I don't know. So yeah, he came out of prison. That's prison, like, yeah. For when it was yeah. the first time, he also like he's also sensitive and stuff. He really know? is, and you you portray yes, that yes. really really well. By the way, your congratulations to both of you again. I Thank you, I don't know if I said it yet or not, but again, so he's also, she's searching for something. She's she's like he wants to wants wants to be loved. And uh, yes, and, and the funny thing is, because normally uh, the women are much like right, much, <laughs> much, much, um, like uh, sensitive or much. Uh, oh yeah, no, yeah, the roles, the roles on that roles, first night yeah, together were yeah, completely turned on their heads. Turned, yeah, that's true. And she, she, so, she, she makes him like for uh, um, abhängig. Uh, dependent. Yeah. Dependent. Kind of, kind right. Dependent yeah. No, he her. really falls for her. And, yeah. And, and it's, it's what I love about that that open that one scene, uh, uh, Govinda is is the hands, and how uh -huh. you keep coming back to the hands, and it just it really reinforces something is not. I'm getting goosebumps actually. Something is not right in this <laughs> town. What's going on around here? She takes here? him home the first time. That's right. Like yes. within minutes. Yeah, it's right. A, it's a rape scene, basically. Basically, it is. <laughs> it's it's. Um, Jens is getting raped in the beginning of the film by by this girl. I mean, it, we played it like that. She played yes, it like yes. it was yeah. definitely what's, what 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 the intention was in the acting that he just he has no chance. She's she's just taking him home and. and yeah, and then kicking him out. At yeah, the end of the yeah, night. very exploitative, re really yeah. manipulative on so many levels, right? To talk talk about turning the role on its head. Yeah, and and he, Jens is, a, is I mean, he doesn't look like it at all, but he's a real softy, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think he is too. Yeah, yeah. he's a, he's very mushy. And did, you, and did you and did you have to direct Frederick in that way, or did that just kind of come out in in the performance? We had, I mean, we had a lot of meetings before. I went up to Berlin quite a lot of times. Mm. Uh, we got to know each other, and we talked a lot about. We kind of circled the film, the subject, and right. the, the roles right. a lot, and then um, I, I kind of left Vicky and, and Freddie uh, Frederick to, to themselves to kind of, um, I mean, I, I trusted them to understand what we were doing because we right. talked a lot about yeah. it. And the moment when when we realized that we all understand, we're all on the same page, we just went for it, and then right, right. We, um, and then you you allow a certain amount of freedom within that, I would imagine. Yeah. Are you a, are you a stickler for the script at that point, or do you let somebody like Frederick kind of go with it? I mean, uh, my 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 approach in general is always to kind of be open to 
to the, the people that you're working with, be it with the, with the crew or being with the, with the actors, but with the actors it's very important because one, one of the first things I learned when, when making films when I was a teenager with my friends is that it's the most frustrating thing when you think you have to tell an actor what to do exactly. Mm, the way you imagine mm, it. Mm, you know, mm, there was sure. the moment I remember exactly the moment when I understood what an actor is, and that was when I was trying to force a friend of mine to do a certain expression for one of the films <laughs> we were doing. As teenagers. Trying to force him, it's <laughs> yeah, funny. Yeah, I was telling him, yeah. "No, you have to do it like this. It's like that," right. and he just couldn't do it, and he was getting more and more frustrated. <laughs> and when I realized that that's just the completely the completely the wrong way, that's when it did click in my head, and I realized, "Wow, that's what an actor is. You just make them him understand, and then you trust him." Or her, and then she gives it to you. She tells you what it is. It's not necessary. I can't. I, I can't dream what the expression is on his face. He he gives it to me. And what we have to do is we have to kind of just make everything clear to each other, be on the same page, and then he does his yeah. job. That's how I see um, working with an actor, and and that was great, great fun with Vicky and, and Frederick. So so that paradox, that contradiction of good and evil, uh, you know, that sort of um, um, just kind of lurks below the surface, is not you know, distinctive to Luxembourg or to Gutland. Mm. That's kind of global, it seems to me. That's a problem, problem with the human condition, right? Do you, th do you think that, either of you, by the way, uh, think that's, that is how evil is? I mean, it's, it, this does seem like an evil town, and yeah. yet there's a, great, there's a great line where I think, I um, uh, can't remember who it is, but uh, somebody in the film says to Jen, says, you know, uh, give, give people around here a little bit of time, mm. and once they get to know you, you're going to find some real friends. And I'm like, if those are real friends, I'm I'm not sure I want to hang out in Gulen, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, it's I don't I think evil very often doesn't know that it's evil. It's right, like, uh, and, right. And in, in the film, it's like that too. They they really think that they're the good people, that's they're right. good guys. Yeah, sure, and, sure. And the structure of the film is also in, is such. It's a, it's it, it's um, it's using a very classical film structure. And what I always found shocking about 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 film in general, especially about um, genre film, is that they they're um they're everything then the, the, the opposite of what we actually learn in real life and how, how real life works it's that in film everyone the bad guys always get killed they get the bullet in the head at the right. end of the film and we right. cheer and it's the, right. the good right. thing to do and it's it's always shocking because it's the opposite of how our system works well it brings resolve right in some way i suppose yes, right it's, if that it's, happens. A, it's a climactic emotional sure, resolve sure sure catharsis and yeah and and in our film it's the same thing it's exactly the same as in any other classical film in the end the bad guys get shot the happy guy gets the girl he, uh, she's, uh, um, in our mind, she's pregnant. I mean, it's not clear in the film, but he's going to be uh, the father of, uh, of, a, of a family. It's a perfect happy end. At the same time, it's totally, totally turned on its head because it's, uh, they, they are basically, they're killers. It's this village is, uh, from, from another point of view, they're basically just murdering it's, people. You know, the more I think about it, and I haven't had a lot of time to reflect, it's, deep, it's a deeply disturbing film, actually, on some level. And it's got, it's got for me, it's got elements of, of deliverance and, and, and The Shining and Blue Velvet. I mean, I don't know if any of those things came up for you at all, or, mm. or uh, uh, The People Under the Stairs, some Wes Craven stuff. You know, there's, yeah. a, there's a horrific mm. element to this story, isn't there, Frederick? I mean... Did you see that while you were? Yeah, I mean, do you agree? Of, first of all, I thought, yeah, we wants to wants to do something like like that, or like we, we also didn't know what what we, what we will do. What what's the feeling? So mm. we, we always come into the scene, and then and then we, we saw what, what makes with you. Or what what does it do? Yeah. Yeah, and this, this, the, the references that you name it, it's funny because I'm, I'm always avoiding to uh, mention um, Blue Velvet. Oh, is that right? Yeah, 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 I never want to so, say it to Sorry anyone. for bringing it up. No, 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 but you're spot on. The, I, I used it in the beginning when we were doing uh, financing because it's just such a good film to explain what I was after. Sure. But it's also, um, 
uh, a dead giveaway that you are. Well, do you know what's later. beautiful about it? I, honestly, I said to my wife uh, last night, I, Elizabeth, I, I haven't seen Blue Velvet in what? What was that? Eighty-one. I mean, it's, it's eighty-six. What is that? Thirty some years, and yeah. and and yet there was a. Uh, and I'm getting goosebumps now. Just that 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 tone, right? Yeah. And that's I think but, that's really quite remarkable and quite lovely about not only about your film but also about filmmaking in general that you guys can create that kind of uh, ethos, I guess you could say, that kind of um, uh, environment. Yeah. Well, what, what, what the reason I, I just want to elaborate on the the, the reason why I don't want to to mention David Lynch usually is because it's just everyone uses, uses David Lynch. He's like the biggest influence on, on my generation of filmmakers, for right. sure. And I mean, I, I hear it all the time. We have a production company also, and we get we get scripts in a lot. And young uh, filmmakers, they always mention Wes Anderson, uh, right. David Lynch. That's the two right. things. Is that right, eh? Yeah, it's very, I, and it's something that I, I, I started to avoid doing because it's just, you know, there, there needs to be some individuality now right. in filmmaking. Right, right, <laughs> so, right. But, but, but Blue Velvet is just such a good example to me because it's um, it's a film which I believe is, is about childhood. It's it's really about, um, I imagine it's about David Lynch's childhood because yes. he must have been um, a, a child. And, and the film is set in, the, in 86, but it looks a lot like his childhood, like the 50s. right. right. And uh, I, I don't know, I, ne I didn't read it anywhere, I didn't hear him say it, but I imagine he, he, he was basically uh, nostalgic about the, the time of uh, being, a, being a kid, but from the, um, from the, how can I say, I mean, I, I see my film as a, point, a lookout on the world from, the, from a child's perspective, right. um, nice. where everything is, is mysterious and scary yeah. and, and not explainable. It's just there's, there's so much deep unsettling. Well, and I and I think uh, that's what I I saw in the the existential sort of angst. And yeah. it's interesting to me, you know, coming from Berlin and the German existentialism and Heidegger and Nietzsche and so on. That yeah. that sense of anxiety and dread and 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 you know what 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 does Lucy say to him? Uh, uh, I don't have the guts to leave. Mm -hmm. Well, isn't that the problem? She doesn't have the like the way you read that in an existential with an existentialist lens is. I don't have the guts to actually face my freedom, right? Yeah. And that's the problem, isn't it? Isn't that one of the major problems of the human condition, not being able to face your freedom? And you just got out of jail for crying out loud. I love it. It's beautiful. I mean, it's the main subject of the film in, in yeah. another context. It's yeah. all about imprisonment and, and, sure. and freedom and what freedom really is. And, and we all think we're free just because we're... Um, we're working in an office all day long at uh, or, or work on some kind of perverse farm in Luxembourg. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's it's slavery in a certain That's sense. Right. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. But the, the end in the end of the film, I think Jens he, he accepts this um, right this, yeah, this imprisonment, to. and that's Maybe the moment when. Yeah, you have, you have to, to accept. You have yeah. to accept it, and, and once you accept it, you you become free in a certain sense. Once you just accept your prison, I think you if mm. if you're living in a, if you're imprisoned, I I don't know, I don't have this experience, but. If, if you are really living in a, in a prison, in a, in a real prison or in a, in a, in a metaphorical prison, the, the only way that you, you can really deal with it is by, by accepting it and kind of making it your reality and um, living in, in, in this confined space. And I, I think that, that um, uh, living a, a normal, civilized life is a little bit like that, and that's what Jens discovers in the end of the film. So good. we got to wrap up in a couple of minutes. Frederick, why do you wear the Honda jacket so proudly? I mean, yeah, I, yeah, just, I just, I just, at one point I went, why the, why the <laughs> yeah, Honda jacket? I don't know. We just uh, found on a, costu a costume reversal. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, jacket. I was directly into it. <laughs> yes. 
I think that's that's Josh's jacket. Josh's jacket, yeah, of course. It's Josh's jacket. Jacket from from the other guy from the, the guy he turns into. Turns I mean, he, into he transforms into this guy, yeah. and he um, he gets in the beginning of the film. He, uh, Lucy gives him a bag full of clothes. Clothes, yeah. And um, this is one of the the pieces of it's, it's basically she gives him the the kit on how to become Josh. Just kind of yeah. wear these clothes exactly. and walk in these shoes. And the moment where he wears the jacket, I think a jacket is really what I mean when what I wear him, yeah. yeah. When I wear a jacket or when I, when I wear a different um, pair of shoes, I feel different. And, right, right, and right. And that's the moment where he suddenly becomes, he moves different. And as an actor, yeah. it must have been also yeah, important what kind of clothes definitely. you wear. Yeah, of course. So, so maybe we can wrap it up with this question, but um, and and I, I hope we can do a part two. I, what I was saying to, uh, um, well, I always say one of my biggest frustrations with my interviews is there's never quite enough time. Yeah, it, mm. it seems to me. And I know you guys have a really busy schedule and you got to get rolling. But um, uh, Govinda, would you see this as a um, uh, a prophetic piece? Is this something that should be just enjoyed, or are we going? I mean, I think we're going a little deeper than that. But anyway, I just just interesting to me. Is this the way? Is this the current state of affairs? Uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. I mean, li li like uh, I mentioned before, I like to discover the film while I'm making it, and I know that that there's nice. plenty yeah. of, of things that um, that that are my my how can I say my my view on, on the world is in this film. That's why I leave it open because I, I know that once you work on a script and you really let yourself just go, it, it kind of all finds it, its way into the into the fabric of the story into the structure of the story so my viewpoint isn't there but it really it's really not a message that i want to give to anyone right it's, right uh, it, <laughs> it, it, it comes out in the telling right it yes. comes out and that isn't that a beauty of a fable it yeah. comes out in the retelling yeah and that's yeah and and i'm sure that my my prejudices are in there as well you know i have friends who tell me like oh man you're really sexist i'm looking at you and thinking really okay <laughs> And if that's the way, then I mean, I'm I'm, I'm exposing myself totally sure, there. So everything sure. I, I see about the world and all all the things I misread about the world are probably also in there. But that's the way. That's how it is when you make a film. You just kind right. of you put yourself out. Well, there. I uh, I think it's a it's a it's a great uh, piece of art in the sense that it it, it is it's a dark film and yet entertaining and shines light in, into the darkness in a way that's. Um, it has a lot of implications, uh, and and as we I think just found out, plenty plenty to talk about. Yeah. So again, congratulations and, and welcome to Thanks. TIFF. Thank thank you so much for your time today, talking with Frederick and Govinda about their new film Goodland, uh, here at the Toronto International Film Festival. Uh, really appreciate your time today, guys. Hello, this is Danny Pellegrino, host of the Everything Iconic podcast, and I'm here to tell you all about Splash Refresher, because hydration is mandatory, but boring is not. Now, I love my water, but if I don't spice it up, I'm not going to finish what I took out of the fridge. That's why I love my Splash Refresher, which is flavorful, delicious, bright, hydrating, and zero calories. The wild berry flavor is my fave. No, wait, is the pineapple mango flavor my fave? You know what? All five craveable Splash Refresher flavors are my fave because they're so delicious. So get hydrated and enjoy it with Splash Refresher. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.